Hi, friends. I'm Tanya Luna, psychology researcher and writer. And I'm Brian Luna. I'm trying to destigmatize baths. And you're listening to Talk Psych to Me, a show where we take research out of the lab and into the bath. Let's get into it. <laughs> bloop, 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 bloop. You said baths, not bats. Baths. Like yeah. bathing? Like bathing. Yes, like bathing. Bathing. Yeah, yeah. Because I feel like as a guy, like when I tell people I like to take baths, it carries like this stigma, you do know? Do you think it's that you like to take baths? Or do you think the thing that's uncomfortable for people is that you're just coming up to them and telling them that you like to take baths? I think that's a great conversation starter. I think it's a great <laughs> opener. It doesn't leave, it leaves everything on the table. Maybe in a bathhouse. It, it takes that awkward thing of like, you know, when you talk to someone, you're like, what are they like naked? Or they, do they get naked and stuff like that? No. Maybe not everyone. Mm-hmm. No. no, no All right. Maybe it's just me. But right. no, no, no. So I, today I, we're going to talk about the psychology of awkward <laughs> small talk. And I wonder why I'm an introvert. No, I, I really i love you know i love taking baths and you know i i only recently discovered like too late because now i feel too like weird about taking baths i don't take them anymore and i discovered bath bombs like too late i've never i've never taken a bath with a bath bomb i don't even know what the hell it does and at first i was like oh how do you scrub yourself with it and they were like no you just leave it in there and i was like okay well then what happens and does it change the water is it bubbles like what is it and it's just nothing it just makes it milky all right. So listeners, please send your bath bombs to Brian. <laughs> <laughs> and you're trying to destigmatize it for yourself. Yeah. And for people like me who, right. who feel ashamed to take a bath. So today we're going to be talking about... <laughs> <laughs> Actually, today we're going to be talking about the psychology of pain. So that was a perfect intro oh, because... Oh, hell it was, yeah. It was a little bit Seriously? painful. Yeah. Pain and uh, pain reduction. And since pain is such a visceral experience, I figured we'd start with an experiment to really bring this <laughs> yeah. up. Yeah. Bring yeah? it. Yeah. You sure? Pain is like a religion to me. I ain't, I ain't scared of pain. <laughs> okay. Bring it. All right. So I have ordered. Oh, she's getting up. She's getting, <laughs> she's like getting up. <laughs> I've ordered something that we're going to use for this experiment. Okay. Uh, you trust me? Yeah, of course. This isn't bad for you. I mean, you. <laughs> do I trust you? Well, that's loaded, but I will for this. <laughs> You could, a simple yes would do. <laughs> uh, so would you please just roll up one of your Both or one? Sleeves, just this one. is where I put my watch. So can I just give you this one? Okay. Mm-hmm. And then just turn your, your wrist vein up. My wrist vein? No, your wrist vein upwards. Yeah. What, are you going to cut me? No, no I'm not I don't care. So cut me. what I'm going to do. Me, bring it. I don't care. <laughs> okay. So what I'm going to do is spray a little bit of this substance. What is it? Ooh. <laughs> Icy hot. Uh, Bring it. Spray it. Um, So some people describe it as like a burning or or, burning um, or stinging sensation. I personally (laughs) tried it the other night and felt a little bit like my my veins were itching from the inside. Spray me. I'm I'm gonna feel what tickle. Okay. So listeners, you heard consent. You heard the the elaborate sound. One hundred percent consent. Okay. Now, am I in my right state of mind? Then consent doesn't matter. But go <laughs> well, ahead. Then you bring can it. never consent to anything. Um, so I'm going to spray a little bit of this okay. on your hand, and then I'm going to show you a quick exercise to reduce your pain response. What if I don't feel any pain? Then this exercise is just going to be like walking apart. Okay, ready? Yeah. Doesn't kick still? in right away. My eyes. Just kidding. <laughs> Whoa, easy. What you're 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 not you're aiming that thing. Ah, okay. So you might not feel anything at first. Uh, <laughs> I don't feel anything at all. It smells nice. It smells like uh, Christmas. Wow, really, really sad Christmas. <laughs> no, no, no. It child. smells like it smells like. Uh, what am I smelling? Like candy canes and stuff. Pine, vanilla, cayenne, cayenne. Oh, oh. 
Okay, so once it starts kicking in, can you describe the sensations you're having? Can I can I put my arm down, or do I have to yeah, leave it no, a uh, vein up? Right. No, no, you can put it down. I'll just leave it right here, off to the side. It's okay. my it's my Dr Pepper hand too. <laughs> it's very oh brave shoot! Of you. Okay, so what are you feeling? Um, well, my other hand is hurting. Okay, what is it feeling like? Really painful. <laughs> can you describe it? Oh no, I'm sitting on it. Sorry. Ha ha. <laughs> no, nothing. Seriously? I don't feel anything. You're fine. Yeah, I'm. Like, but again, my my mutant healing factor kicks in, and <laughs> do you feel the burning? I don't feel anything. Or like a like you touch a, like a stove? No, is that what is that what you did to me? <laughs> Jesus, what? You don't feel it? No, I don't feel anything. Ah! Wait a second. Wait a second. Am I supposed to be? You sprayed me with no, something that's supposed to make no. me feel like I. It's it, fine. This little experiment didn't quite work, which is totally fine because that's what happens in science. That is why we conduct research. So actually, I lied. And today's topic is not going to be pain. It's going to be the psychology of the placebo effect. Man! <laughs> oh, so this stuff does smell... It does smell nice. <laughs> it smells great. Mm, it smells oh like, you know, it smells like It smells like, um, like, like candy your grandma would have in her purse. My grandma? Why are you not your grandma, grandma? Not your grandma. You know yeah, my your, grandma Your grandma candy. makes her own candy. Anyway... So Oof. that didn't work. That's that's a shame. I, well, well, I really expected wait, it to work for you. You're why? so susceptible. I'm not susceptible. <gasps> <laughs> wow. And I've been like prepping you for like two no days. Been I've been done. Trying to get no in your been head. done. Like last night we were going to bed or the night before and I was like, are you, do you trust me? Or are you going to be able to yeah. be up for this experiment? All right. Fine. And I fell asleep when before you finished asking. So it questions. didn't work on Brian Luna. Listeners, I encourage you to try this out with benign mm. substances. Wait, what uh, did you spray me with? Was that legit? No, it wasn't legit. It was fake. So let's talk about the placebo effect. Okay. Uh, what is it? The placebo effect, from what I understand, is when, say, you're going to get some hair on or something like that, and then they give you, like, sugar in, in a baggie, <laughs> and you take it, and you're like, damn, I'm high. Yo, this is the best shit I ever had, because in your mind, you're already setting yourself up for the hair on, and instead, you get, you're, you're, you're really getting down on sweet and low. Wow. So it wasn't even real sugar. It was sweet and low. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't even <laughs> wow. it was sweet and low. Yeah. And so it's basically the phenomenon of our expectations resulting in physical and cognitive changes. That's what I said. Sweet and low. Heroin. Exactly. And, uh, you know, the technical definition usually doesn't have heroin, you know, in there, but <laughs> it was very helpful. So um, what I tried to elicit in you, and I failed, is actually the nocebo effect. Nocebo. Which is That's the, the evil Spanish twin version. Of the oh, okay. <laughs> no, because the cayenne pepper? Yeah. No. Uh, so, nocebo is experiencing negative side effects because you expect to have them. Interesting. So, what, what's the what's the benefit? Like, why do people use a nocebo other than a placebo? Like, why does to nocebo mess with even... their husbands? No, seriously. Why does nocebo <laughs> even exist? No. Oh, for I torture? Mean... Yeah, you can. Oh, my God. So I remember I read this one Punisher comic a long time ago. Oh, God. And it stuck with me because I used to, I I really, you know, love that character growing up. And um, at one point, he's got this guy hanging upside down. He's trying to get information from him. He's showing him a blowtorch, right? He's blowtorching. And uh, he's telling him he's going to burn him. He's like, I'm going to smell, you're going to smell your your flesh cooking. I'm going to get my information. Oh, wow. And what he did was he went behind the guy and he puts a popsicle in his back. And he, and he, and he's with the other hand, he's cooking meat, like with a blowtorch. So the guy's smelling flesh and he feels this, this. And he starts screaming. And he starts giving up the goods. He gives See, that's what up, I was hoping for, for the intro of this Drops episode. the kingpin, everything. Okay. That's not quite where I was hoping to go with this episode, because typically we like to talk about how to use psychology to better your life and the lives of others. I think others. that is, if you but need if to you get information from somebody. Someone, yeah. I do think that's a way to, you know, not have to 
actually injure people. Yeah, if you want to know great. like what your what your <laughs> birthday present is or what your Christmas present is, and they're not giving up the goods, <laughs> just get do it. Just just uh, cook some <laughs> popsicle some, in the back, showing them a blowtorch. Beyond me, <laughs> absolutely. Okay, so I mean, I do appreciate your question of like, what is the point of the nocebo effect? Technically, both the placebo and nocebo effect. In research, they came about as like intervention failures because, for example, the placebo effect uh, is often used in drug research because what you do is you have a group that's not receiving any drug, right. a group that's receiving like a sugar pill mm-hmm. although, or a sweet and low pill. <laughs> <laughs> they're basically getting like a, 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 an inert substance. They're, they're getting yeah. something that won't have any effect. And then they have the real drug. And what they're looking for is... Wait, wait, wait. Does one more the time. Real... They, have, they have a drug, uh, uh, another have drug. A group that's not getting anything. A group that's getting the placebo. And then a group that's getting the real juice. And a group that's getting the real juice, yeah. Yeah. And what they want to know is, does the real drug lead to a better outcome than the placebo? I got you. And if you don't include the placebo, you never really know if the drug works or if it's just the placebo effect. Gotcha. So researchers for a really long time, I mean like for over 100 years, have been annoyed and frustrated by it because they're like... Damn it, I can't tell if it's the intervention working yeah. or if it's the placebo effect or nocebo effect. But what I want to talk about today is the positive aspects of understanding placebo psychology and how we can use it for good. Because if you step back to think about it, the placebo and nocebo effect is evidence that we have this amazing ability to influence our bodies with our minds. Interesting. You're sober and single? Tune in to the Sober Dating Podcast with Kathy Vandenberg. We are constantly evolving and learning new things. This is why at the Sober Dating Podcast, we not only talk about expanding your love life, we share space with the many subjects that surround love and recovery. Through exploring our traumas, we build ourselves into better human beings, ultimately becoming better partners to those we choose to connect with in love. Join us as we explore the richness of sober love, beauty, many experience, and solitary life and how recovery brings it all together. The Sober Dating Podcast, new episodes weekly. Join us for conversations that will set you and your love life in a new direction. Okay, like ESP kind of stuff or some like mind over matter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because that's essentially what it is. Well, let me tell you. So was it that you, and and I'm not knocking your, your nocebo skills, but is it that you didn't sell the product to me well, come on, I did. no, 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 Matt. But is is that what it was? Is that like because maybe if I were to go into we'll like a more sterile, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. It, 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 do you like if I were to go? Maybe if I was in a more sterile environment, going yeah. into people that I don't know, oh, strangers, yeah. I mean, and they're all like like stone faced and everything, and they give me the squirt, and I'm like, yo, like, this is burning, right? Yeah. You know, maybe that maybe that's what it is. So yes, but, what's so fascinating, and we'll talk about this uh, throughout today's episode, is the more extreme the sort of evidence for your mind is that this thing will work the more likely it is to work so like if i was wearing a lab coat yeah yeah or... like environment it was a, like in a, a room with no pictures or nothing yeah 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 Where's... i gotta say you did you did one thing you did well was when you squirted it and then you were like you're gonna put your finger you're like oh i don't want to touch it and okay. i was like oh shit like this is like mace. That one yeah this is know. like bear mace or something i was like I'll what sharpen is this? My but effect. it smelled too good too it didn't it didn't smell all right. I thought you wouldn't like it. Okay. So before we go into the psychology, <laughs> do you have a placebo or nocebo effect example or story from your personal life? Because um, I think this shows up in our lives so yeah, often and we you, don't even realize it. I think you did it for me once when you <laughs> what? were, yeah, you were trying to find, cause I, I don't, I can't drink milk. I, I love frosted flakes and I wasn't doing well with milk. 
uh, early like, because of the moral problems and the moral problems, but mostly the and gut. The lactose <laughs> yeah, mostly the the bubble gut problems. No, it wasn't. It wasn't like uh, I wasn't getting sick. I just it wasn't really. It didn't feel like I used to feel when I was a kid eating Frosted Flakes. Uh-huh. So you did the tests. Yeah, I did the blindfolded, blindfolded um, uh, milk, uh, like plant-based milk, plant-based milk tests, milk tests and, and, uh, and I felt like that was cool. But because, why was like, that placebo? Because one of them was just empty, an empty bowl, <laughs> and you were like, well, "What does that taste like?" And I was like, "I it really had a softer taste." So what I was actually trying to do there is reduce the likelihood of the placebo effect because I didn't want you looking at it. I didn't want you to look at the color. I didn't oh. want you to look at the the container. I just wanted you to have the pure taste experience. Well, you know, when I had a head injury when I was younger. This was way back when I had my concussion when I was a freshman in high school. And I, I, I was like, it was really weird because like, I think I talked about it before. No one understood what was happening to me and everyone thought I was faking it. But I was like, couldn't sleep at night. I was getting depressed. I was like mm. mad, crazy. So his doctor gave me this medication. I'm not going to say the name now because I, I don't want to, I don't either want to mispronounce it or, or, or get it wrong. But basically it was supposed to reduce my migraines. And um, he told me that it's a, it's an experimental drug and they've never tested it. Uh, they've only, they just started testing it on people my age, like uh, under 17 or 18 or something like that. And I was yeah. 14 at the time. And uh, he said, he goes, I'm going to give you this and you have to tell me what it is. Now you either tell me if it doesn't work, if it works or whatever. So I think he was doing that with me because he didn't tell me I was getting the medication. He told me I was getting a pill and he was like, you got to tell me everything you're feeling or not feeling. Interesting. Uh, and so, so the whole time you walked around suspicious? Uh, yeah, I was totally suspicious. I went through his wallet, his bag, his car. <laughs> Unrelated um, to Yeah, I got a few truck. bucks, but I didn't find any, any indication <laughs> so that he was lying to me. my guess is that unless you signed and your father signed some consent forms you know, agreeing to be part of an experiment yeah. that he couldn't have done that. That would be totally unethical. He might have with my dad. I mean, he, he, he talked to my dad. He just... I think at that age, you would have had to know. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well. So you can rest assured I wasn't you, were, interested. you were genuinely drunk. Honestly, I wasn't interested. I, would, I didn't <laughs> care. I would go to these meetings, these appointments. I was like, I don't care. Dad signed all the forms and everything. But there are care. ethical questions that come up around research where some people are given a placebo and some people are given the real drug. Because you might go around for like 10 years thinking you're on a drug, but you're really mm-hmm. on a placebo when a real treatment is available. It would last that long? 10 years on a placebo? Some studies. Yeah. I mean, some studies Damn. are and What if I'm like really sick? What if I've got like That's something... why it's an ethical question. But, you know, that's why consent is really important. You need the participant oh, okay. yeah, needs yeah. to be like, yes, I'm willing to do this even if it's a placebo. So what example do you have of placebo? Okay. So when I personally discovered this concept without even knowing what it was, this was back when I was probably in middle school and I had this friend. Do you ever have those friends that are like, they just want to be bad? They're just like, they're just like itching to be bad. No, I guess that was me. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah, of course. You know, she of had course. like, like a, like purple streaks in her hair and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, I like I, those, I guess I do. You know, I like those uh, purple streaked hair. Yeah, you like those, yeah. those types. Anyway, so she kept talking about wanting to try drugs. And so my idea was that i was gonna make her think that she was already doing drugs so that she didn't try to actually do real drugs so i went into my grandmother's we do we do talk a lot about my grandmother recently, yeah we do in her like little medicine drawer and i found i th- I don't know if it was like vitamins or supplements it was yeah. something you know silly and uh and i found like this pill with white powder in it uh and i'm pretty sure it wasn't actual drugs because i don't think my grandma no i think it was like for like better digestion or something anyway and i and i was like look i i got some i think i like i said it was like angel dust or something angel dust (laughs) that's like pcp damn you went from like i want to try something i don't know like (laughs) to to straight up angel dust damn 
oh, this is incredibly embarrassing. Even though I had technically good intentions, it was wrong. And so I like put it in a little baggie and like crushed it up and stuff. And then, uh, and then I gave it to her and, and she was high AF. And had the best bowel she... movements in it. <laughs> In the last twelve years of her uh, life, so I actually don't know. This is where this wait, wait, is really you don't, yeah, up. but you don't know if you gave her actual drugs or not. No, no, they weren't drugs. Well, you don't know because no, you I said you so. No, I don't remember what it was, but I remember it was like I'm your push like Yo, you got this girl high on your grandmother's supply. She was so high. She was like, we do talk about your grandma and oh. see. Then she was like giggling and like rolling around. So you think she was faking it? I don't think so. So she was high. So wait a second. <laughs> I think it was a placebo effect. So she wasn't high. And then I sold it to her every week. What her. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> so here's where I think it's unethical because I don't know if I, that was like, if, the, if that probiotic or whatever was like her gateway drug. <laughs> Meanwhile, flash forward three years later, someone's like, do you want PCP? Everyone's like, no. And she's like, I've done PCP before. Let me have it. I'll be fine. It doesn't oh, do anything. Nicole, As a matter of fact, I didn't even I'm feel so it. I'm so sorry. She's, she's a lawyer now. Nicole she's ain't listening. Great. Nicole's in some, like her eighth rehab right no, now. No, she's fine. Anyway, it's horrible. I'm not proud of it. I'm ashamed to tell the story, but I do think it got me really interested in psychology. <laughs> I'm still, I'm still hung up on the fact that that you might have gotten her high. You don't even know. <laughs> no, because you I don't didn't. know what you gave her. No, I'm telling you, I don't remember. It was a long time ago, but it was a safe substance. All right, moving along. <laughs> I don't know if it was safe to snort it, but it was a safe substance to ingest. I was trying to save a friend. Okay. And Nicole, oh, if you oh, need shoot. help, please call us at Loving Care. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. I'm so sorry. So Wait, wait, what were you going to say? You should remember something. No, you better say, come on. All right, fine. I did remember. <laughs> oh, here we go. I did remember something where um, I gave her some of these pills and then in a dramatic, like you really movie moment, did I took her them pills. from her oh. and I flushed them down the toilet. Oh, that's good. I'm giving you a high five right now. That's good. So you did that after school special thing where you're like dumping. She's like, no. And you're like, you don't need this. Get high on life. Turn it around, Nicole. Turn it around. So it might have been placebo and nocebo. I think she had some withdrawals. All right. So let's, let's talk. She had the withdrawals. Let's talk less about me. Let's talk more about the academic literature, as you like to hear me say. Okay, can I tell you a little bit of uh, the research here? Please. I'm I'm still... My my cheeks are hurting from smiling so bad. This is crazy. I didn't know. I'm so embarrassed. Okay. So here's some of my favorite research. Uh, Just like a quick smattering. Smattering? Yeah. Or yattering. No. No, it's a yattering. Don't confuse my English. yattering and Jack is a Clive Barker short story. I tried so hard with English. Okay. All right. So uh, researcher Luana... Kaloka and team found that patients whose painkillers were given to them without their knowledge. So they had this little like secret dispensing of pain meds. They didn't have the little clicker thing. They, no, they, they just, didn't know they that just, they were okay. getting pain meds. They needed twice as much of the drug to get the same effect. So mm. that's fascinating because just knowing that you're taking a drug makes it essentially twice as effective. Yeah. Yeah, I guess because your brain is halfway to healing, right? Because knowing that you're on the way. I got to say, like, so a few years ago, remember I got pneumonia and went to the hospital and they gave me these antibiotics. You didn't actually get pneumonia. uh, I tricked you into you. (laughs) You gave me your grandma's pills and I had a great bowel movement (laughs) and I just felt really bad. (laughs) Um, And I had PC. So, yeah, so I I, I came back and they gave me these little. I I remember I was, I was like, 
I was bad. I was in a bad way, yeah, you know, you were... to go to the emergency room. And they gave me these little like antibiotics and stuff. And as soon as I took my first one, I was up and moving around. Yeah. It doesn't work that fast. It takes like five days. But in my mind, I was yeah. like, oh, shit, I got that little pill already. But I'm what ready. what I find so cool about psychology and understanding psychology is that some people will be like, oh, that's you lying to yourself. No, that's literally your body starting to physically feel better. Yeah. Because these interventions work in partnership with our minds. And so maybe you need to change your schema on your brain lying to you and it's your brain actually taking care of you. Yeah, it's your brain getting some assistance in kickstarting that recovery process. Can I tell you some more? Please. I want to hear another gathering. Um, (laughs) Okay, so this is from uh, surgeon Bruce Mosley. He actually gave half of his patients real knee surgery and the other half got a placebo arthroscopy. so they, they knew they were... I didn't gonna... even know you could do a fake surgery. Yeah, he opened up their knees, he stitched them back together, <gasps> yeah. but he didn't do anything. <laughs> so check this out. He found out that the fake surgery worked just as well as the real surgery in more than half of his 50 trials. What? So either he's like a really bad surgeon. <laughs> yeah. Like what if he was like, I don't fit, just close them up. It's fine. And this was like debilitating knee problems. Stuff. Yeah. They, this was all consensual. Yeah. I'm only going to be talking about ethical okay, okay. research today. Yeah, so all consensual, they had debilitating knee problems. 50% of the people who got fake knee surgery got just as good as the people who got the real surgery. I had no idea. I knew you could do that with pills, the placebo effect. Yeah. I had no idea you So could here's another sham surgery study by Cynthia McRae and team. <laughs> um, patients with Parkinson's disease oh. uh, who got fake brain surgery, fake brain surgery, had greater symptom improvements than people who got the real surgery but didn't know that they had received the intervention. That is... Is probably the most amazing thing I've ever heard. Right? Yeah. Oh my gosh. We know nothing about how the human mind works. Or I guess so, we do know. There's so much research, but, but we're like, yeah. we don't take advantage of Imagine it. Imagine if we could tap into that healing part of your brain from the get-go. Right. And, you know, f- figure out a way to... Yeah, that's amazing. I had no idea. The knee surgery thing is... I mean, the Parkinson's is fantastic. I, I can't believe that. What? But the knee surgery... No, no, no. No, 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 no. I'm saying this, the, the, the research oh, yeah, on yeah, that. Yeah. But, the, but the, uh, the knee surgery, a physical impairment right you know i mean not that saying that parkinson's isn't but like being able to stand being able to put weight on it well and a lot of it has to do with pain perception Mm. and inflammation so much of that stuff is is mental whoa it's starting to burn now (laughs) (laughs) finally um and you can have withdrawal symptoms so in a study by judith okane and team some women who believe their menopause treatments were discontinued even though they had been on a placebo for several years, they experienced classic withdrawal uh, reactions. Oh, wow. Um, Even if they didn't know what the withdrawal symptoms... Or do, like, no, do they, they didn't have know to what know what the be... withdrawal symptoms no, are? it's oh, just their bodies shoot. were literally producing some of the hormone because they expected to be receiving... I wonder if they ever did treatment. that research, too, where they were like, here are the possible side effects... And people were doing the side effects, even if they had a placebo, like, because I have to know what the side effects would be. Oh, that's Um, interesting. Because, yeah, because you always in the ads and stuff, they're like, side effects might include. (laughs) Which is pretty much everything. Yeah. Like. So then do you, do you, is, are they kicking in the placebo? I remember like one night listening to one of the drugs and one of the, one of the uh, things was night terrors. Like (laughs) side effects can be blah, 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 possible psychopathy, blah, blah, and night terrors. I was like, night terrors? (laughs) Well, your legs won't be restless. (laughs) That's good, I guess, when you're going to be screaming about Freddy Krueger. So if you don't want to give your friends fake pills or do fake surgery, (laughs) um, there are other ways to induce the placebo effect. So, for example, researchers Christina Dragonich and Christy Erdahl 
Um, made participants think that they got more sleep than they actually had. So they tricked them into thinking they had a really good night of sleep. <laughs> and this per- belief that they had gotten a good night's rest improved the participants' results on language and arithmetic tests. Wow. See, this is why I don't want to take one of those sleep tests. Because you don't know what they're doing in there. You know, they make <laughs> this you goes sleep. back to your uh, yeah. suspicion. About... Suspicion about doctors and stuff. Because like, they, they put you in that room and they tell you to sleep. And they, oh, we're, we're sleep specialists. What the hell is a sleep specialist? You don't go to school for a sleep. I'm a doctor of sleep. Sleep doctor. And then you go there. What? and then I'm pretty sure those are. I'm pretty sure that's made. I'm that's pretty sure you can get that online. If you're a listener, then, if you are a sleep doctor, can you please. If you're a sleep doctor, I want to see that certificate uh, front and back. I want to see the watermark on that certificate. And then like. Do but they like, put things in the backs of certificates? Yeah, like watermarks. You hold up to the light and make sure it's legit, like a $50 bill or something. But like, you know, they put you in those rooms, you fall asleep, and then you don't know what the hell they're doing. You know, and, and you're... So I remember I stay in a hotel in San Antonio, and they had a sleep study there at the hotel. Now, what kind of... You were part of it. You just didn't No, know. I didn't. No, 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 I did not. But what kind of... I've seen you study. sign documents. You do not read them before you sign. <laughs> I don't. I don't. You can get Brian to agree away. to anything. I sign away. Um, uh, so, yeah. So, I, I just, I, I remember they used to have the first floor was the sleep study people. And I was like, what What kind of professional place is that, you know? <laughs> I think I'm going to start doing this with you with naps. Because a lot, for some reason, I don't know why you like me to be your nap timekeeper. Like, you'll fall asleep and then you wake I up do. and you're like, how long was I out? <laughs> How long was I out? <laughs> like I'm walking around tracking your REM state. So I think from now on, because I, for some reason I feel the obligation to be very honest with you. I think from now on I'll be like four hours. I think that's nap guilt. <laughs> I think it's nap guilt. I want to be told ten minutes, ten like minutes? I, like like I, I cat nap, but I don't. Th- uh, I nap hard. Okay, one more, one more. Okay. Yeah. Yep. If you don't mind. Okay. So in another study by Lyron Rosencrantz and team, they told participants that sniffing a special odor would boost their creativity and it did that odor is yeah. cocaine no it yes it was cocaine. yes no do you want to, it was actually cinnamon oh is that what i'm smelling right yeah now? so actually this are you feeling more creative yeah i was like i have three ideas for novels right now <laughs> but isn't that cool like just being told that a scent can impact you That's changes you something as like difficult to catalyze as creativity so i can go on and on but a quick summary Researchers have also found that the placebo effect can impact pain, migraines, nausea, asthma, phobias, blood pressure, heart rate, speed, strength, endurance, depression, and erectile dysfunction. And night terrors. And night terrors. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, actually. Uh, so and erectile dysfunction. Yeah. So you could tell someone, hey, this thing is going to yeah. give you the business. Give you the business. And, and, then, and, it does. and, then, and then it's it's uh, an M&M and you're like, <laughs> yeah. It's giving me the, the business. That's actually the whole other like side hustle for M and M's. The green ones, baby. The green ones. Remember that? The green ones. Oh. Green ones give you the business. Anyway, so the point is that it's not just in our heads, especially yeah. when it comes to pain reduction. It appears that the effect is like true, truly physiological. Here's one more study that I find so fascinating. So early placebo researchers John Levine, Newton Gordon, and Howard Fields gave patients who were in pain. It's kind of messed up if you think about it, but it's for science. So they either gave them morphine. which is a strong painkiller, a placebo, as you know what that is, uh, or naloxone, which is a drug that blocks the endorphins, or endolphins, as Mm -hmm. we like to say, that morphine triggers. So if you give someone morphine and naloxone, naloxone deactivates the morphine. Turns out that shit also cancels out the placebo effect. (laughs) Damn. So it turns out that the placebo effect actually triggers real endorphins in the same way that uh, morphine triggers endorphins. 
So my question for you, Brian, mm-hmm. with the big brain. Yep. Why? Why? How? Why? How do you think the placebo or nocebo effects work? I, I think, like I said earlier, I think it's your brain really. You know, anytime you're in any kind of pain, uh, physical, mental, any kind of anguish, your brain is trying to patch things up. Your brain mm. is trying to work things through because your body's a natural healing source. Mine faster than most humans, right? Because <laughs> the the mutant healing factor. Uh-huh. But for regular humans, yeah. uh, I think our brains are always working in you know overtime. That's why it's interesting because like I read somewhere a long time ago uh, when I used to play football that. Your brain can't remember physical pain. You can remember being in pain, but if it's if it's something excruciating or traumatizing, like a broken bone, your brain can't remember what it was like to have that bone broken. You can remember that oh, I was writhing in pain, mm. but you can't access that pain. Um, same thing. I remember that. Just so I... that people are willing to have more than one child. No, maybe maybe that is because if someone would remember exactly the physical pain, maybe they wouldn't want to. I just remember when I broke my nose like uh, two or three times, and uh, the the third t- or second or third time, I remember like. I didn't remember what it was like. Did you, you say know? second or third time? You it was, broke I th- your nose? I'm pretty sure I broke my nose three times, but I, 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 for yeah. safety, I want to wow. say twice because the, the third time might have just been like a really bad. Our team will fact check that. Well, I didn't go to the I didn't go to the doctor or anything like that. I was because it was painful. I, I, was, I you know because they mess around with it and they move it around. See our procrastination episode. <laughs> yeah, seriously, but um, but but your brain is always constantly trying to heal you and trying to get you better. So I think the placebo effect is the same thing. Like uh, your brain is wanting to get the experience of those drugs or wanting to get the experience of that pain relief huh. or whatever just to heal you. So I think that's what it is. I mean, what else could it be? It's not physical. I mean, so I'll tell you from from the research, and, and I agree with this, it's essentially the the leading explanation is that it's two forms of expectations. So it's conscious expectation, mm-hmm. also known as expectancy theory, and unconscious expectation, uh, also known as classical conditioning. So with expectancy theory, basically we expect something to happen and that triggers the release of relevant neurochemicals and hormones. Then the confirmation bias kicks in and you're like looking for evidence that something is working, right? Like, so that antibiotic that you received, you're like, huh, I do have a little more energy. And maybe because you have a little bit more energy, you're like maybe moving around a little bit more and moving around a little bit more is making you feel better. And so it creates this like self-fulfilling prophecy. So maybe if you're in pain, the placebo effect reduces the pain and maybe that reduces your like muscle tension a little bit as mm. well. And then it all kind of builds on itself. Or, so and maybe, yeah, like, so in other words, it gives you a light at the end of the tunnel. Because when you're in pain, you're in this darkened spot. You don't know when it's going to end. You don't know how it's going to end. When I had pneumonia, I was like, I don't, I don't know when I'm going to feel better. I can't even imagine a day where I don't feel like this right now. Mm. And then after I left the hospital getting that first uh, antibiotic. Oh, interesting. I was like, oh. So there's like a hopeful response. Okay, so this is like maybe in two days I'll start feeling a little bit better. Uh, So maybe even tomorrow I might wake up and feel, you know. I mean, maybe that produces even more of those endorphins and then it it kind of goes on and on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, the way I see it, particularly when it comes to pain, but really any kind of signal from our bodies is a form of communication. And it's like our, not that the mind and the body are two different things, but there's like conscious awareness and an unconscious awareness. And I feel like pain is our body's way of trying to communicate with us. Mm -hmm. So sometimes that pain is really important to have so that we protect ourselves from serious risk. And sometimes that pain has like run its course and we don't really need it anymore. And so then our brains start trying to like quiet it and Mm. relax it away because now it's preventing us from being able to be safe. So maybe... That expectancy mechanism is our way of like communicating with our own bodies. Hmm. 
And then the other one, this is another form of expectation, but this is one, this one is unconscious, is classical conditioning. So we respond to the placebo because our brains have learned to associate the stimulus and the response. So, for example, in a study by Anche Albring and team, participants were given this sweet drink along with a pill that contained an immunosuppressant. So it would like impact their immune system. It's mm-hmm. not something you can physically feel. Your immune yeah. system, you're not like, yeah. your immune system is just kind of like unconsciously, outside of your conscious awareness changing. So then the drink was paired with the drug over and over and over again. And then the researchers swapped out the drug for a placebo, but still gave them the sweet drink. Mm-hmm. And what do you think happened? Well, I think they started to feel better. Like they started to feel like they, they kept feeling like they were taking the drug. No, it was an immunosuppressant. So it made the, the drug made their immune system worse. Oh, so I guess they, they felt shitty yeah Yeah. but they didn't experience a a conscious difference their immune system function just deteriorated Hmm. so it's not even that they knew about this thing happening it was because their bodies had learned to associate that sweet drink with the immune system reduction yeah and then just that drink alone had that same effect on them. what was the sweet drink (laughs) i'm just curious i'm just so dr pepper no it was not because that makes you feel great so it might be that it's this association rather than a, yeah. a conscious expectation. Yeah. Okay. I could see that. But I mean, I guess if you've never taken, I I, I was going to say, if you've never taken it before, how would you know? No, it, it only works. So that's what how classical conditioning works. You get conditioned to associate the two. Right. So you have to, it has to be paired over and over and over. And it's almost like, I don't know, like, um, so this affects their immune system just by telling them that it affects their immune system. Hi, this is Ross, the host of Smells Like Humans, a show about interesting and quirky human behavior. We bring humor, empathy, and warmth to topics such as relationships, dating, work, self-compassion, weddings, phobias, aging parents, travel mishaps, death, and many more. Ever wonder what happens at a cuddle party? We talk about it. Free-range kids in restaurants? We've got some thoughts. Bedtime stories for adults? We're on it. Light, fun, unscripted conversation and personal stories. Please join us by clicking the link in the show notes. No, no. So the drug really did affect their immune oh, system. Oh, oh, and then when and they it took it away, with the sweet I got drink. you. And then when they took it away and kept gave them sleep, but with the sweet drink, it still it the still drug was worked. still doing. So this it. was nothing to do with conscious awareness. This was all about the body just associating those two things. And I think, like, it sounds amazing, but if you think about how easily the world around us impacts us, it becomes, I think, a little bit more accessible. Like, like I think sometimes about how every once in a while I have to change my alarm sound if I'm going through, like, a really stressful time in my life. I associate the sound of that alarm with a feeling of stress. So hmm. then the alarm sound just on its own can up my stress response. Hmm. You know, yeah, do you have yeah. anything like that? Like something that just immediately elicits a certain response. Like you, you see a, a, a can of Big Red and you already start feeling better before you even crack it open. Yeah, yeah, or, I, or, yeah I think so. It used to be when I smelled a particular type of bread, I associated it with pizza. So I'd get happy. There was this, uh, there used <laughs> yeah. to be this bakery in our neighborhood. It closed uh, in our old neighborhood. But I used to walk by and it was the smell. It, 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 they used to start baking bread at like six in the morning, five in the morning. So when I'd walk by, I would smell that bread and be hungry for pizza at 7, 6 a.m., you know? so <laughs> And it, it made you happy. It made me really happy. So it made I me think, like, like, now that we're talking about it, what this is bringing up for me is, like, so much of what we experience as people is what we expect. 
like if we're anticipating something, yeah. that's already like half of the experience. The other half is the actual thing happening. So we're all classically conditioned. Or we re- the things that we feel are triggered by our associations, by those classical conditioning. I can tell you this. Whenever I hear um, the Bugs Bunny theme. Yeah. The, what is it? I want a grilled cheese. Wow. Yeah. So like it never fails. And I, I don't mean like, like a real grilled cheese, the one my mom used to make me. I toasted cheese. I, I that's that's what I want every wow. time I hear that thing. Uh when Well I, this is also how like horrible biases emerge and how racism works. There's nothing wrong. How, there's nothing how can you be racist against a grilled cheese? <laughs> My point is if you have a conditioned response, uh, your body starts to react as though something bad or good oh, yeah, is yeah, already yeah, happening yeah. based on the association. That's you, where we get the, the term, those people, these people, yeah. you know, because you're like, oh, I've seen this. That means this. That's the nocebo effect. That's the nocebo Holy effect. Shit. Holy okay. shit. So can I on tell you some other, scale. some other cool findings yeah, about please. the placebo effect? And before, before you go on, so if I'm understanding you correctly, mm-hmm. just by telling my brain to do so, what you're saying is I can fly. That is what I've said, yeah, th- throughout this whole episode. That's, that's what right. I said. Continue. <laughs> Continue. Go on. Uh, you can fly, like, in your heart. No, you no, can no. Fly in I terms mean of fly around the Psychological house. freedom. No, no, no. Let's, let's, let's practice this later. Continue. Okay. So some, just some random cool things. Okay. Ready? Okay. This one you already kind of intuited earlier. So it turns out research shows the bigger the so-called treatment, the stronger the placebo effect. So, for example, four placebo that. pills... Yeah, because you were like, would <laughs> I, I have made you feel more pain if I was oh, like... Oh, yes, yes, I did we, say that. If there were no pictures yeah, on the walls, I, I think you said. So researchers have found that four pills have a larger effect than two pills. Uh, injections have a larger effect than pills. Mm-hmm. Surgery has a larger effect than Oh, yeah. If I, if I got an injection, I would definitely think it was working faster. Yeah. Than, as a matter of fact, when I had pneumonia... They gave me an IV. Oh, that's right. And they were like, this is fluids. But it was fluids. But it could have been just anything. <laughs> it could have been sugar water. I don't know. It, I didn't I didn't taste you it. You can't do that. I don't know. I didn't. I don't know what I signed. You saw me. I walked in and I was signing things that's left true, and right. That's true. So they hooked me up to this thing and they were like, you got fluids. I was like, I, I got fluids. I bet you'd like that. And you, you even asked me. sugar water? Just sugar. But you even asked me, you go, what did they give you? I was like, fluids. <laughs> could have been anything. Could have been this guy's lunch. Could have been anything. That's true. Why are they so unspecific when they say fluids? fluids. What like, fluids? Who's yeah, why don't you tell me? Gatorade? What, what's, the, what's the fluid? What's going to help me? You yes. Know. So the more elaborate the intervention, the more likely our brain is to yeah. sort of go, oh, yeah, something's going to happen here. There's also some research that shows that uh, different interventions trigger the placebo effect better or worse, depending on the thing that they're trying to treat. So, for example, what color pill do you think would be most effective as a sedative, even though it's fake? A sedative? Yeah. Blue. That's right. Yeah, exactly. So if participants are given a pink pill or a blue pill, they're more likely to experience the placebo effect of the sedative if it's a blue pill. Hmm. Um, Red pills are shown to be more effective for headache relief. Hmm. Again, these are all placebos. And branded placebo pills work better than pills without labels. Interesting. I wonder if that's why, like, Tylenol and Advil are a particular color. Yeah. You know, like, to give you the, oh, when I see that pink or that red and blue i'm like i'm already feeling better yeah and i think before really thinking about this i felt like oh that's branding trying to control me but now i'm like thanks branding because mm. that whatever makes my headache go away faster yeah. yeah 
Which is also like why the, you know, I still don't fully understand this, but there's like the brand and then there's store, the store brand Mm -hmm. version. Yeah. So it might literally be that the only reason if anyone's ever like, this doesn't work as well for me, it's the same exact ingredients. It might be the assisted support from the placebo effect of taking that name brand one. You know, I never buy store brand. (laughs) I don't don't do that. (laughs) I I never buy it. I tried it with the, with their version of Q-tip once and... I almost went deaf, like it tore my ear up and I was like, no, I almost punctured my eardrum. Is that possibly because you were sticking the thing into your ear and hey, like don't, literally everyone don't you talk to says me. you're not supposed to do, do that? Do not gaslight me. Do not diminish my story. <laughs> okay. Here's, here's a kind of mind blowing thing. Um, placebos even show up in animal research. So we don't usually like to promote animal research here, but I will share a study that I personally didn't find terrible because it's designed to actually help animals. So in a study by Munyana, Zhang, and Patterson, the team found that most epileptic dogs in their study got better after a placebo treatment. Hmm. What? So how would they know? Like, how would the dogs... Yeah, uh, oh, you... maybe associate. Like, maybe they gave them some... Not, I'm not saying they gave them that sugar drink, but maybe they gave them something like... Yeah, they gave they them went a into this room. Treatment. Yeah, they went into this room and they gave them the treatment and they gave them like a, a milk bone or something. And then every time they went into this room and got a milk bone, they're like... No, it wasn't classical great. conditioning. So it wasn't like they received it after having received other treatment so how the hell did that work with i the dog? know it's that... just blank right now we're not we're just looking at each other we're both that's that's incredible. so either the dog somehow has an association of like when i get a pill i feel better which i can't imagine because we work so hard to hide our pills from our dogs and, and also like dogs aren't gonna remember that they're yeah, not gonna remember but what because they don't have memories like that where yeah, they, they an exp- you think that a dog should remember, hey, this pill made me feel good, or I had to well, eat no, this thing. Well, no, that's the thing. It's like, how could they have built that association? I yeah. don't know. The the one more realistic explanation I can think of, but who knows? The, the it was fake. The, no, <laughs> is that the the humans that were living with those dogs treated them slightly differently. Okay. And so it was kind of the self-fulfilling prophecy of like, I expect my dog not to have as many seizures. And so maybe... Maybe when they started to feel or notice unconsciously those first early signals of a seizure coming on, think... they acted slightly differently, which then changed the number of seizures the dog has had. Do you think that's what happened with Rumble? When we first got her, we treated her. Rumble is one of Rumble one of... is our is our newest dog, and she's partially paralyzed. She was hit by a car in Miami. I'm not blaming. Why do you have to Miami? blame? Yeah, Miami. I'm not blaming Miami. I'm just saying that's Everyone where it happened. Makes it about Florida. <laughs> no, I'm so sorry. No, I didn't mean. I'm just saying this is where it happened. It's a fact. She had yeah, a this car. This isn't a detective podcast. And she had surgery on her back and... Fake surgery. Uh, no, it was real. Uh, she had surgery and they told us she was partially paralyzed and that that was never going to, you know, she was... And then we saw a video of her and she's like kind of just... Dragging her Dragging legs. her legs and she's playing. She's very sweet. But when we first got her, we treated her very like, let's get her in a sling. Let's, uh, let's carry her. And then we didn't. Then we started tr- just letting yeah, we were her like, Come run. On, tough dog, you yeah, got this. and now she's running full yeah, speed uh, after the well, car. Well, there is some really interesting research that shows that who your doctor is can impact the effectiveness of a treatment. So, for example, friendlier doctors trigger more of a placebo effect. Or uh, if I'm told that my doctor shares my values, I'm more likely to be impacted by their placebo treatment i like more of matter of fact doctors i like more doctors that are like tough love yeah that are like stop doing that or what are well, you doing that, wow really yeah like like uh, that uh, doctor you had that was like a chain smoker yeah. 
I'm not going to tell you his name, but he was awesome. He he came in. He 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 came into the the room, the examination room, the first time, and he was like late. And he came in from outside. I saw his his little bald head out the window come in, and he came in and he smelled like cigarettes. He was out there smoking. It was smoking break, and I was like, <laughs> "This that? is my doctor." And then uh, yeah, he he laughed at me when I told him. I was like, "You know, I'm having these heart problems. I." I'm really scared and blah, blah, blah. And he was like, what was your morning like? And I was like, you know, I did this, that, and, you know, and uh, he goes, do you eat anything? I was like, no, I didn't eat breakfast. I, I went straight to an audition. I, the only thing I had was one of those five hour energy drinks. And then I, uh, and he just threw the clipboard and he's like, <laughs> stop doing that. What are you crazy? And I was like, wow. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, it worked for you. And I haven't had one since. <laughs> and I feel great. <laughs> but he's, he's awesome. There you go. Um, so, okay. In your case, loving and caring shows up. In a slightly different mm-hmm. way, but like a to coach. me, to me, but like that for you is love and care, mm-hmm. right? That's what you kind of associate. So what I think is so interesting about this is like, we can, pl- we can impact ourselves with our own expectations mm-hmm. and we can impact other people with our expectations, even animals. So we'll, we'll do another episode probably on the self-fulfilling prophecy. And, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Um, but it's kind of amazing to just think about the extent. Yeah, the animal thing blows me away. Yeah. I had no idea. Um, oh, here's my... Probably my favorite thing uh, that I came across in the research on the on the placebo. Let's not pick favorites. All the research is <laughs> okay. equally Here's great. Here's one, one of the last things that I'll share. Um, so the placebo works even when you tell people it's a placebo. I'm Dr. Julie Bruni. And I'm Dr. Jeremy Allen. And we want to be your doctor friends. We are two physicians who work at a nationally ranked practice and take care of some of the world's greatest athletes. We field questions all the time that start with, my cousin told me this, or like a fitness guru sent me a targeted ad about that. We love answering these questions and offering peace of mind to our loved ones. So are you feeling confused? Listen to your doctor friends. Adrift in a sea of medical misinformation? Listen to your doctor friends. Just bored on a Tuesday? Listen to your doctor friends. Come on, let's be friends. Get by with a little help from your doctor friends. Listen to your doctor friends podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Because a lot of people don't know what placebo is. No, no, no. If you went to my, if you went to my family and were like placebo, I'd be like, yo, can I get three more of those placebos, doc? Hey, I got a friend who needs a placebo. <laughs> so this is a relatively new area of research. It's called the open placebo and it's helped people with irritable bowel syndrome, back pain, and even hay fever. Hay fever. The same one? No. Oh. This poor person. Oh, I was Actually, like, geez, I was like, like that's a great, but that's a great pill. Back pain, <laughs> bowel movements, and hay fever. Yeah. Like that's, so, that's me on a these Thursday. these people were told, hey. We're going to give you this pill. It's actually an inactive substance, but it's helped other people. So mm. give it a try. They literally knew it was an inactive substance and it helped them. So, yeah. <laughs> why would you Come take on, it? Come on, people's brains. But why would you take it? Why would you? It, this isn't this. Here, I'm giving you this air. <laughs> it It's in a pill form. It doesn't work. And yeah. you're like, okay, but it makes other people feel great. Well, I'll try it. Yeah. I feel great. Yeah. yeah it's bananas. All right. So let's get to the, to the best part. <laughs> okay. So this part, I'm allowed to... Call me. Oh, I'm not allowed to pick favorites, but I'm allowed to pick bests. Yeah, yeah. You okay. can pick like best all around, like okay. superlatives. Yeah. That's just Brian. Uh, no, no, hinting no, again at the no, fact that no, no. That's not what school. I meant. Jeez. Listen Louise. to the episode on popularity <laughs> to hear Brian's origin story of his ego. No. Okay. So, uh, so just before we wrap up, we've talked about kind of how fascinating this is. <laughs> and most people okay you need a moment to yeah no i just I, I as soon as i said it i was like oh don't let her don't let her jump on that you're like you're like a pipple with a bone oh uh. ah, okay 
So I, I think... could say that because I have two pimples. Yeah, with bones. With bones. <laughs> and they love bones. Um, okay. So usually when you hear about the placebo effect in, in the field of psychology, people are thinking about it more. Either they're drug researchers and they're like, damn it, or they're just kind of theorizing and they find it fascinating. But I want to talk to you about how do we put this knowledge to good use? Yes. <laughs> so you can give your friends vitamins instead of drugs. Yes. Great. Yeah. Step one. Here's some other things. One thing I was thinking about is how powerful it could be to dwell on positive things instead of negative things. So, for example, let's say you woke up and you go, how long did I sleep? You know, after yeah. the, the full night. And and I go, oh, you've only you only got three hours of sleep. It's so easy to then be like, oh, I'm exhausted. I'm tired all day. I'm yeah. cranky all day. I would say let that self-fulfilling prophecy kick in and actually notice when you're starting to feel good. When you maybe you, you um, are having you're in a, a good mood and you go, oh, my gosh, today is going to be fantastic. And just like notice the good things and keep dwelling hmm. on them and not to say ignore the negative feelings if they have something to teach you or if it's, you know, a signal from your body asking you to pay attention, notice it, but try to dwell on the good more than the bad. Huh. What do you think about that? I, I think it's great. I think it's it's definitely worth a try. I, I'm trying to figure out how I can use that for like anger management mm. or for like when I'm driving in road rage, if I can figure out how to do a placebo effect for that, mm. how to, I guess not condition myself, but like. You can probably be like, oh, I'm already feeling better. Look how, look how much calmer I'm already feeling. <laughs> Oh wow! I think I've been trying to do that lately. Now that you say that, on my on my drives recently, I felt like I've let something happen and been, and like either <laughs> sing a song about it or like a joke about it real That's quick, great. and then I'm out of it. And, and then I'm... and like the idea there is then the moment you notice it's starting to feel better, you dwell on that and you go, ah, I'm out of the woods. Like look yeah. how good I am at this. So notice those positives, dwell on them, and that self fulfilling prophecy is going to kick in. Interesting. The other one that I was thinking about is. This is a little bit more specific to like medical interventions. My family is really into homeopathic treatments and I've always been sort of like, mm, even though I do now, one of our pigs has arthritis in her hoof and I'm doing so many different homeopathic yeah, treatments. Yeah. But for myself, I'm always like, mm, I need the evidence that this thing works. Really getting immersed in this research again, I'm realizing why stress, whether a natural remedy or exercise or whatever is you know verifiably proven to work if it's working for you and it's not hurting you and it's not costing you all your money use it because yeah. it doesn't actually matter if there's uh some substance in it that is working if it is working for you yeah i i, I think i'm like that with some of my supplements uh yeah. because i take like uh, the power greens because i don't eat a lot of vegetables as a vegetarian so I take like the power greens. I take three different versions of those. Yeah. And I don't know if they're working. I don't know, but I feel better. If you like, feel, I feel better than they're working, that's what's fascinating. Yeah. Because we're so used to thinking, I don't know if they're working. Maybe I'm just lying to myself. No, if you think they're working, they are actually working as long yeah. as you're noticing those positive benefits. It doesn't matter if it's the drug or you or a partnership between you and whatever that substance is, as long as you're not like giving yourself ulcers with. <laughs> no, these don't give me ulcers. But like, uh, I, I just thought back to when I was writing uh, last year, when I was doing uh, writing uh, a lot of writing uh, back in last spring, I started taking like a nootropic, which is like a basically a, a focus um, kind of supplement where they just like, you know, your brain, more clarity and everything. Yeah. And I took it and it says to take it 30 minutes before food and all this like gives you, tells you, but I would take it right before I started writing and I felt clearer. Like I felt like and out of my were. way unhinged. That's what's bananas is, is that means you were another option is an odor. 
So uh-huh. we can spray <laughs> we can spray some cinnamon <laughs> in the room. Um, remember we were we were doing um, when you were having sleep problems, we would spray a little lavender. You started to associate it with falling asleep, and it worked. Whatever essential oils, all these things. Yes, maybe they work for some people. Maybe they oh don't. My... But the truth is, if they work for you, use yeah. them. So aromatherapy. Yeah. So that's one of those things where I'm like, hmm, yeah, sounds fun. A light is going to make me feel better, but it works for me. Yes. I love that example because mm. it's, it's another one of those placebos. That's not a pill. Most of us think of placebos right. as pills, but it's, it's any, any kind of intervention on the flip side. If you don't see a benefit, avoid the snake oil and leeches and, you know, all, all the interventions yeah. that, you know, people could spend a lot of money on substances that are not actually resulting in a benefit. So if you're not seeing a benefit, if it's costing you a ton of money, don't do it. If you're seeing benefits, then it works. It's as simple that's, as that. Yeah, that's the cure. And then the last one that I'll share is to weave more rituals into your life to take advantage of expectation effects and classical conditioning. So maybe drink a cup of tea every morning before you start the day so that it becomes your like, I'm going to relax and I'm going to drink this flavor tea. And then you're going to have one morning where you're not very relaxed. You're going to sip that tea and it's going to relax It's going to make you warm. Yeah. Light a candle before you start writing, you know, if that's safe to do. <laughs> Suck so on an ice cube before if you're you start in a tent, exercising. Definitely don't do that. A cloth <laughs> tent. Don't do that. And like the weirder and the bigger, the better. So like if you want to get yourself ready to exercise, for example, like do something weird, you know, like any ideas? Take a bath with a bone. <laughs> <laughs> try not to make it weird. And we try return once we Trying begin. to make it normal, but like for now it's weird. So maybe a bomb bath or a bath bomb. Do you have any rituals that you do or have done that, that have worked for you or that maybe you want to try to do? Yeah, my I think all of my supplements that I take, I laugh because I take a lot of pills in the morning. I, I don't have any, I have one medication, but it's like I have a lot of vitamins and supplements that I take. If I don't take those, I feel run down. Even though, yeah, like the, um, the other day, yesterday, I didn't take them. I, I felt sleepy and I felt like run down. And, I and felt you're really... really milking that placebo effect because if research shows that four pills is more effective than two, you're taking like... 11. 11 pills. Yeah. And, and I, so I'm like... Brruh, brruh, brruh. Wow, that's cool. So that helps. So my supplements work for me. Also, my the 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 first walk with the dogs mm. and the goats. I was like, going cuddling with the pigs for me. Oh yeah, yeah, that's yeah, huge for you. <laughs> like anytime we, if I'm starting to feel my stress levels go up, I just go and I lie between their little warm bellies, and you know, even if they're being kind of snarky that day, I just feel my stress melting yeah. away because they've created that yeah, kind of like great de-stressing ritual. That's been great for yeah. me. I like I said that that first walk with the goats and dogs. That's like a huge stress release for me and like relaxation because it's not very long it's a quick walk sort of we do one big lap around the the yard but seeing everyone together it it does something to my it does something to my heart like you know here you have the goats you read that their biggest natural predator is dogs and i have my three dogs walking with the goats playing with them and you know taking care of them supervise safely supervise safely (laughs) of course yeah yeah they're never out there by themselves we're all out there together but the point is that like if you expect that that's going to make you feel better Mm -hmm. and you turn it into this ritual oh yeah you're going to walk out there even as you start putting your coat on even as you start putting your shoes on it's going to start releasing those endorphins and yeah because you don't always want to go right like there are days you're cold you don't feel well it's raining but you get out there and you're like oh yeah this is worth it yeah it's worth putting on my coat and shoes for and everything so that's great you know what ritual i really love um i'm gonna guess 
leaving reviews. Yes, uh, and particularly <laughs> asking our wonderful listeners to leave a review, spread the word about our little show. Uh, our research shows that it will actually make you feel better, more creative. <laughs> and us. It'll make us and feel it, better. And our research shows that it will make us feel better. <laughs> <laughs> research team Luna, Luna, and Luna um, have come up with a... Yeah. Who's the third Luna? Huckleberry? Huckleberry. Okay. Always Huckleberry. <laughs> Uh, anyway, please do spread the word. Let us know what you think of the show. Tell us what topics you want. Thank you. Thanks to our editor, Alyssa Green. And thank you for listening to Talk Psych to Me. The green ones. Oh. Green ones give you the biggest.